Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to the show. we got a great show planned for you. I say that every night because I believe that every night. We work hard to bring these topics and themes to y'all. But before we get into anything, how's everyone doing? <laughs> We're moving into a different season. How's everyone feeling about that? Uh, we talked on another show about seasonal affective disorder, so let's just take a quick minute and check in on that before we drop into the meat of tonight's show, which I'm super stoked about because it's a concept and a theme that, uh, excuse me, I feel very, very, um, I take very seriously because it's one of those cultural forms of misinformation that I think does a lot of damage. And it's this whole idea of self-esteem. What is it? How do we work on it? You have to love yourself before you can love other, you know, other people. And we're going to kind of break all that down, but back to, um, seasonal affective disorder. If your mood starts to drop or change, it might be because of the oncoming season. If you want to check out the past show that we did on it, go to, we are channel Q.com. We are channel Q.com. Scroll down there for love line. And uh, it kind of talks about ways to prevent, acknowledge, and, you know, really kind of self-care get through. But just the acknowledgement that that might be part of what's going on. Look, again, there's a lot going on in the world. So God bless that. Politically, heart hurts. I'm watching what's going on with some of these debates. Oh, wild stuff. Uh, Also watching, yeah, I don't even want to get into it. But if you're watching the news, there's a lot happening. And again, we're still in a pandemic. (laughs) I don't even want to get into that one either. Uh, so we're taking care of ourselves, but the you know darker, cooler weather for a lot of people is going to lead to some lower levels of energy, some mood shifts and changes. You know we're not as able to access the outdoors. It's snowing in some places and it's cold. It's getting darker earlier, so go easy on yourselves. But more importantly, go easy on those around you. Everyone's having a difficult time. Um. So yeah, ask those around you, how's your mental health, right? Because that's the question we're always asking, not how are you? Because people will be like, I'm cool. You have to say, how's your mental health? Kind of say it like that with that tone. And that says to them, I care, you know, I'm here. You can share it with me. It's important. Let's talk about it. So we're doing a whole lot of that. um, Because again, we are responsible for those around us. We are. We are responsible for our neighbors. We are responsible for people around the world. It's not just about your neighborhood, your family, your state, your country, your continent. Everyone deserves their needs to get met. Um, So I was looking at an article last week and that's how we kind of landed on it for tonight's show. And it was just talking about how to like yourself more. And I thought that is just a a flawed concept. Even such themes or topics inherently 
are themselves and reinforce the problem. And later I want to kind of look at the article because there are, are some things that might be reasonable or meaningful or helpful, but I wanted to just talk about this general theory first. And it's something that is not surprising. So we live in a culture that here in America, so it's very American centric. We are all about different labels for it. Neoliberalism, capitalism, rugged individualism, what I call and people in my field called toxic individualism, this whole idea that you're in, a, you're, you're in it on your own. No one's coming to save you. You got to pull yourself up by your bootstraps and figure it out. You got to be a self-made man or woman. None of that's true. Uh, 75% of wealth is inherited. Most successful people have, you know, the privilege that they built their uh, success upon access to education, seed money, all sorts of things, doors being opened. So that's just not true. But even on a more psychosocial level, it's not true in that there's always people on your journey that are helping you. And in fact, mental health is about interdependence, relying on others. We are better because we have others in our lives. Um, and, and the work is about turning towards people. The work is about being more relational. And so this idea of self-esteem assumes that it's an inside job and it's very victim blaming. Let's start with the fact that we live in a homophobic, transphobic, body shaming, racist, classist culture. There's no way for someone who doesn't meet the requirements that we've put in place for you to feel desirable and of worth that you're going to just somehow overcome that on your own. If you're someone who lives in a larger body and we are very fat phobic and fat shaming, no, it isn't your fault and work is not internal for you to feel okay about your body in a world that tells you it's not okay. That's a that's an outside issue. A lot of people's low self-esteem is an outside issue. Someone who's gay feeling bad about themselves, that's a result of homophobia. That is not an inside job and you can't overcome homophobia by yourself at home or in a therapy office. That is a cultural system, institution, and ideology that you will constantly be encountering. So again, it might be more of an inside job for someone who's upper class, white, cis, hetero, gym bodied, attractive, all these different pieces. Um, but for a lot of people, their lower self-esteem is the result of racism, homophobia, body shaming, classism, and they're victimized by something. And the work is about dismantling those ideologies, institutions, and norms that are harming people. That's the work activism. That's why I'm always saying homophobia is created and sustained by straight people. It is on straight people to do the work of dismantling homophobia, not on that gay person to struggle and quote unquote, it's an inside job. And if you can't love yourself, you can't love other people. It doesn't work like that. Um, in fact, we learn to love ourselves by being loved. We need to have love reflected back. So if you're someone with low self-esteem who doesn't love themselves, you need to be around more people that reflect back that you have worth, um, that you are worthy, that you have value. We got to take a break. We'll be back. You're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey, y'all. Stick around. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. 
It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did-we-just-hit-a-million-orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast oh rachel we're back and uh just dispelling the myth of self-esteem understanding its relational esteem that our worth is given to us reflected back to us instilled in us and I was wanting to open the show and I want to circle back and mention it again. We we're talking about this in the earlier segment. If you want to go back and check it out, you can do so going to wearechannelq.com, scroll down the for love line and click on it. All the stuff is podcasted, but it's talking about the fact that let's just look at the, the, the idea that if you don't meet all these, um, norms and if you're someone who doesn't have a lot of privilege understandably you're not going to move through the world feeling good about yourself because we cannot if the world's telling us who we are isn't okay and needs to change so in our homophobic culture if you're gay you inherently are being told by the world you don't have worth and value that's an outside issue and the work is about changing some of these structures yes there's work you have to do on the inside about how do i manage and survive in a world that tells me i'm not okay the way i am again not self-caused um, and not, not, excuse me, sorry, human moment. Um, and we can extend that beyond. If you're someone who's fat identified in a fat body, a larger body, you also are going to struggle to feel okay in our culture. The work isn't on your shoulders. The work is on people that have set those things in place and continue to reinforce that racism. That's on us white people to dismantle. That is not something that black people should have to advocate for and ask us to please treat them with worth and respect. So again, a lot of the things that people are struggling with, they should struggle with because our world has a lot of prejudice, bias, and discrimination that's going on actively all the time. Have you seen the Republican Party and what they're advocating for? It's heartbreaking. So to say to that person who's trying to find worth and value within a culture, a country, a political party that's telling them they are worthy of death and extermination and shouldn't have the right to marry or whatever else is going on, to say to them, oh, self-esteem's an inside job. You got to learn to love yourself. That's, that's, that's threatening. That's abusive. That's violent. And that's victim blaming. It's, you know what I mean? So we all have a lot of work to do. And I always say we have to change these institutions, these laws, these norms, the, these ideologies, challenge them, change them, dismantle them so that 
people can feel okay about all the diverse creative ways that we can exist. So I wanted to point that out. So the next time someone says, you gotta love yourself first, you have to say to them, great, help me dismantle homophobia because as a gay person, in order for me to love myself, I have to feel like I fit into this wider world. Um, and again, that exists for all the isms. So that's the first issue I always take with this whole concept. Um, and I was also pointing out that we learn to love ourselves by being loved. And if you don't love yourself, you need to spend more time around people that reflect back that you have worth and value. It's not an inside job, it's a relational job. The people we spend time around will determine how good we feel about ourselves. That's why I say it is sexual abuse if someone is shaming your sexuality. It is emotional and psychological abuse if someone is shaming your body, your gender expression, your race, your body shape and size. Um, please stop spending time around friends that make fat jokes, gay jokes, especially if you're fat and gay, challenge that. Uh, please get out of marriages and relationships. If you have a partner that mocks your body, puts down your body, uh, says you're too femme, says you're not mask enough, mocks your gender expression, that is our mental health. And they, this person outside of us, is responsible for our mental health and how they impact us. And we have to take that seriously. People are in our care and we're in their care. And we wanna build a life where we are around people that only talk positively about us. What? I know, imagine that. I've done it, my friends only talk positively about me and I only talk positively about them. We don't think it's funny or cute to make little jokes or to pile on or to nitpick. We build each other up and that's what we need. And that's why me and my friends have a lot of self-esteem. Um, and we deal with the racism we encounter if we're of color. We deal with the homophobia if we're gay and the body shaming. But what buffers that is this firmer foundation of at least feeling wanted, valued, and accepted by the people around you that helps you go off into the wider world which tells you you have to look a certain way to be of worth and value. So we're looking at the institutions, but then we're also looking at the immediate people we're spending time with. Take that into account. So that's where self-esteem work begins. First, acknowledging the, the toxic, violent systems that you are forced to be a part of so you can externalize the issue and not personalize it and feel like there's something further wrong with you. You have to say, I live in a messed up culture that doesn't value who I am when they should. <clears throat> and then you want to step into some activism. That's really how we feel good about that. But then you want to move into community. Spending time around people that, again, reflect back you have worth and value, but also people that look like you, think like you, dress like you, move through the world like you. It's, it's, it's two pieces there. Again, taking into account the impact others' opinions and the way they speak about us and think about us have on us. But also, we need to see people that are like us. So it's both. People that care about us and people that are like us. Might be the same people that cover both, might be separate people. That's why I love technology. I've been talking a lot about how much I love technology. There's a lot of issues with it too. We'll talk about that as well. Everything has a shadow side. But again, it gives us access to that community because we might not have it locally or directly or as consistently as we want. It's okay to find that online. I'm thankful that a lot of people can find that online. But you need both. So again, it's that activism, working on challenging those systems. I know we gotta be a part of the solution. We gotta be a part of dismantling that which harms us. And then also the community building. So that's how we work on our self-worth. And I can't wait to dig into this corny article to see what kind of woo-woo stuff they're gonna throw out there. But that's really what the main work looks like. Because remember, well, there's this other piece that our self is always changing as well. And so our sense of ourself is always going to change. You're going to do things that kind of bum you out, make you feel a little guilt. And so that's going to kind of drop your self-esteem. There's going to be moments where you can celebrate and be proud of yourself. That's going to impact your self-esteem. So our self changes. And so our self-esteem will as well. So the goal isn't 
to get to a place where we always love ourselves. That's not possible. I say that about everything. No medication is going to make you never depressed or anxious again. No treatment or modality. The work is about learning how to be anxious and to be depressed and to have a different relationship with it. Our self-esteem is going to go up and down. How can we manage? And that's what we're going to talk about when we come back. If we can't count on this sense of self-esteem to always be with us or to be with us when we want it, well, then what do we count on? What, what then is the goal? We're going to come back and talk about that. And we'll be doing some DMs. So if you got a DM for us, drop it in the DMs on our Love Line IG page. Questions, topics, things you want to sit, circle back, drop deeper into it. It's almost like I've said it before. Um, we're going to do another one of those. And uh, if you want to check out past episodes, go over to wearechannelq.com. You can binge, post, listen, reshare. <laughs> said that before, right? Take me on your journey. But stick around, y'all. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be back. All right, y'all, we're back. And we're talking about self-esteem, honestly re-narrating what it even is. If you want to check out our earlier episode to hear more, go to wearechannelq.com, podcast it over there. Otherwise, we're talking about uh, how we've got to get into some activism to deal with our self-esteem. It will increase your self-esteem, confidence, empowerment, if you work on challenging all the different things that are creating the problems that you're victimized by. Um, so again, if we're talking about racism, let's get out there and change those institutions, norms, values, ideologies, laws, same thing with homophobia, trans rights, uh, fat rights, uh, sex worker rights, harm reduction, legalizing drug use, all these different things that prevent people from being the person they need to be in accessing treatment and love, care, support, and respect. No one is without respect. And we'd like to create, you know, caveats. Oh, well, as long as fat people are working on their health, no one owes you health. No one has to be healthy. Actually, people have a right to feel good about who they are and move through the world however they choose. Sex workers, again, you're allowed to decide what you do with your body, abortions. It, it's quite a wild world, so we have a lot coming. So self-esteem, as I just pointed out, is going to go up and down depending on laws, norms, and we have to be able to have resources to manage that. We're going to get into that in a minute, but we want to be an activist and work on the systems that harm us. We also want to be working on community, people that tell us we have worth and value, only spend time around those people. Please remove yourself from people that put you down or challenge who you are. Self-esteem cannot exist within that. Neither can mental health. Um, and then also we are spending time around people that are like us. It's called mirroring. We need to have the important parts of us seen, heard, respected, valued, and engaged by others, but more importantly by people like us. Um, and here's the thing. So when someone says to me, okay, if self-esteem is going to go up and down because we're going to have different life events where we'll feel better about ourselves, worse about ourselves, we can't expect the self-esteem to be something that we step into and self-love is not a, not a goal. It's a phase. It's things we'll feel for moments. It's like joy. You're not going to live in joy. You're going to have moments of joy and we have to be able to tolerate more neutral experiences. We can't always live at Disneyland. At some point we got to come home. And self-esteem is like that. So then what is the work about? When people say, I want to work on my self-esteem, I say, we don't work on self-esteem. We acknowledge that it comes and goes. We do the work that I called out earlier, some activism, community building. More importantly, though, we, are, we work on being guided by our values, knowing that our self-esteem comes and goes. And so instead, we focus on what kind of person do I want to be? And that's what we make our decisions from. It's kind of like if I work with someone who says, I want to start dating, but I need to feel better about my body or my gender expression before I date. I say to them, there's no such thing. There's no landing point where you always just feel great about who you are. You're going to be dealing with all sorts of people out in the dating world. You're going to be dealing with all sorts of things in television, movies, jokes, all sorts of stuff. Instead, what kind of person do you want to be when dating? Let's focus on that. Let's be guided by that. 
What do you want to be guided by that's rooted in your values and your integrity, knowing that self-esteem is outside of that, not under our control, unfortunately. It's based on the people we're around and the world we live in, and we're battling that and dealing with that. But in the meantime, just like our other moods, we don't want to make actions based on whether we're angry or not. We want to make actions and decisions based on our integrity and our value system, which is like a house. The weather comes and goes, the house doesn't move. The weather, which comes and goes, sometimes is sunny, sometimes is cloudy and stormy, is like our emotions and our self-esteem. Ebb and flow, they come and go. You wanna be like a house, which keeps doing what it does in a firm, anchored way, regardless of whether it's sunny or rainy. If you wanna be dating, let's talk about what kind of person you wanna be in the dating world, and that's what we focus on, why your self-esteem comes and goes and ebbs and flows. One day it's great, you got a promotion, the next day it's sank, tanks because you got critique at work, the next day it's back up because you got a compliment, then it's back down because someone broke up with you. The work isn't about trying to find a magical place where it's just always good, it doesn't work like that. We don't even, we step outside of that struggle. Self-esteem is over here. We do the foundational things I already talked about. And in the meantime, who do you want to be in difficult moments? Great. That's what we focus on strengthening and having awareness and access to. And so I say to them, we're going to date while you don't feel great about your body because that's going to go up and down based on a thousand different things. Let's, start, let's talk about how to start dating. Let's talk about what kind of person you want to be in the dating world because it's a mess out there and people are generally horrible and not compassionate and not kind. And we focus on that. So we step outside of that issue as the target of work. But we do talk about it and address it, again, by talking about working on changing their systems, building community, the people around you, allowing your self-esteem to come and go, being guided by your values. That's what the work is, because our self-esteem, again, is reflected back to us by culture, by our family, by our friends, and we try to have as much input and influence on those influences as we can, but we can't change the culture at large. I drive down Sunset Boulevard in Hollywood, where I live, and I see billboards shaming fatness. So how is someone who's fat and larger bodied or differently bodied ever going to drive down the street and feel okay encountering that on a Monday morning and a Tuesday morning? That will always make them feel bad, right? That's, that's part of it. We see people making jokes about disabilities. How is that person going to have consistent good self-esteem if they're watching movies where we think disabilities are still a joke and that that violence doesn't count somehow if you magically call yourself a comedian, which is a made up label and not actually real. So that's why we kind of try to do what we can do around that while being guided by something else. All right, we're going to come back and uh, do some DMs and then we're going to get back to this important topic because this is the core of mental health. Um, so if you've got a question for us, drop it in the DMs on our Loveline IG page. Um, past episodes of the show. So you can go back and read this and kind of build this stuff in because it's all about the repetition and the practice. That's at wearechannelq.com. Scroll down, look for Loveline and click on it. You can binge, post, re-listen, and share. Otherwise, stick around. I got a whole lot more to come. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be back. All right, y'all, we are back. And now it's time to slide into those DMs. Sliding into the DMs. DMs come from our Loveline IG page. This one said, hey, Dr. Chris, in your opinion, do you think politics and religion are deal breakers in a relationship? Me and my boyfriend have been dating for five months. And the topics have never been brought up except a few times. Each time, they're dismissed by both of us, I think, in a fear of what the other will say. Is this normal? So two questions you're asking. Are religion and politics deal breakers? And is it normal to not really be willing or comfortable dropping into those topics because you're afraid of what's going to emerge? Uh, it, it, oh, it's a tough one. My, my general global answer is yes. Yes, they can be deal breakers. And it really depends on what your politics are. For me... It would be a deal breaker if someone was supportive 
of uh, making uh, abortions illegal, which because I believe in freedom, liberation, feminism, body autonomy, re reproductive justice, and I would be personally offended and, and question the character and values and ethics of someone who doesn't agree with that. That will never work in my life. I value non-suffering. I value non-violence. Um, I, I personally can never be with someone who's homophobic, racist, transphobic. Um, that's violence and suffering. And for me, that there's no ethics in that. There's no compassion. There's no humanity. Um, so I have no interest in being around someone like that because that kind of core belief system is going to show up in a lot of ways. They're okay. They, they think it's okay to illegitimize certain people for certain reasons. It, you know, it's like if, if there are some women that you don't have respect for, well, then you're sexist. You know, uh, that's misogyny that some women aren't, you know, are exceptions. No human to me is an exception. Everyone has a worth. I'm sorry, everyone is worth and everyone has a right to get in their needs met and everyone should be respected. And if someone thinks that there's exceptions to that rule because of someone's skin color, sexual orientation, gender presentation, I don't want to be influenced by them. I don't want to be around them and I don't have respect for them. You know, um, I am the person that shuts down fat jokes, racist jokes, homophobic jokes, because I work in mental health and uh, I'm an activist. So for me, they're huge deal breakers. I can only date radicals and maybe some, you know, progressive liberals, but I could never date someone conservative. I can never date someone Republican because to me, those are acts of violence. Um, I want unhoused people to get housing. I think everyone has a right to get in their basic needs met. I don't think you have to earn a living. I think you should be given a living. Uh, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So you have to decide what you want to do about that, but that's how I operate. That's a huge deal breaker for me from the door. Now, is it normal for people to not want to bring it up because they're afraid of what it'll mean? Sure. But how many topics are you then avoiding? Because politics and ethics come up into everything. You're watching a movie. You're watching the news. What do you think about... Yeah, I mean, I don't know how that's not something that's constantly coming up. Like we're watching all this gun violence and massacres, mass shootings. You just don't talk about that because you're afraid that your partner will say, I'm all about you know gun, gun rights and access to AK-47s means more to me than these children's lives. Like, how's that get avoided? Um, so I think you're avoiding the inevitable, but even if you don't talk about those topics, these distinctions still exist in each of you and you're both gonna be living and acting from them and it's only a matter of time before it does create an issue. I think you should figure it out on the front end and find a way to negotiate or compromise or manage or make sense of, I, I don't know. I don't know how you're burying your heads in the sand for this long. It's only, it's been five months. That's a long time. So I worry about the level of intimacy you're building by avoiding so many important topics. You're not talking about Roe versus Wade. You're not talking about what's going on with gun rights in the NRA. You're not talking about the election and who you're voting for. You're not talking about your, I mean, yeah, I don't get it. <laughs> I don't know how you're avoiding it. I think it's a bad thing. I think you should talk about it immediately and you should decide at this point in time how to move forward as a result of it and whether or not you should even move forward. I bring this stuff, this stuff up right away. <laughs> and I've left dates when I heard someone making a trans joke or mocking someone who's larger bodied. I'm like, that is so unacceptable. <laughs> and I don't want to stick around and find out other, other ways that you're a bigot, you know? So I don't know. I, I think you need to talk about it. I think it's not mentally healthy to avoid those things. Everything's political. Politics are woven into everything. They're trying to pass a bill that makes it not okay for children to be around drag queens. This is coming out of Texas. Like, how are you not talking about these things? Yeah, pull your head out of your butt. I think, I think you, you both need to do that. All right.
We'll be back. If you got a DM for us, drop in the DMs on our Loveline IG page. Otherwise, stick around. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. Oh, Rachel, we're back and we're talking about self-esteem and self-worth. And I think what's really important is for us to look at what are we comparing ourselves to? And that's why inclusion and diverse representation is important. I want people, I see these ads of a young girl who is in a wheelchair seeing at Target a model in a wheelchair. We saw the Little Mermaid movie trailer where there's a girl of beautiful color um, being Little Mermaid and, and little girls of color and black girls seeing that and saying, oh my God, that's me. Like that's the moments I live for. That That's what we're trying to create. Um, I'm seeing fat bodies in workout gear on Sunset Boulevard, on billboards for major brands like Nike. That is what we're here for. I want everyone to see themselves reflected. I want everyone to feel cared for and respected and valued. I want everyone to feel attractive. No change is necessary. We are fine as we are. The work is really in that department about body neutrality, not caring about our bodies. We care about them in that we do want to move our bodies. We do want to pay attention to how what we're eating makes us feel. Our body is a vehicle. It is how we interface with the world. It is how we move through the world. It is an intuitive system we want to listen to, but our worth and our self-esteem shouldn't be tied to what it looks like, right? It's just a vehicle and you're not better or worse because of what you look like. And that's the message you want to get out there. Make that more neutral. It's kind of like a car. We take care of it because we want it to get us where we're going. And I don't want it to break down on the freeway, but I'm not any better if my car is bougier or cleaner than someone else's. That's not real. That's ego. That's materialism. Let's be beyond and better than that. Let's grow up. That's a really primitive way of seeing the world that my worth is tied to my money, my watch, my car, my home. No, it's not. Those are objects. That has nothing to do with you, actually. And those things are fragile and flimsy and come and go. Um, and that's a respirator for low self-esteem. People with high self-esteem aren't dependent upon those things because they're like, I'm okay without it. I have inherent worth. But if you're really grasping on that, that tension is going to be really challenging for your mental health if you feel like your worth is tied to that. And then what happens if you lose that? I've worked with those clients here in LA. It's dark. Um, so that's why you have to ask yourself, like, what standards and values am I comparing myself to? And do I even agree with that? Do I even want to? I love when someone says, you know what? All my friends might be into the gym. I'm not. I'm not participating with that. And I'm just going to like the body that I have. And I'm also going to change the conversations and say, can we talk about other things? And I'm not going to be, I'm not going to any longer feel as though I have to live up to what other people are doing. And that's helped by building community that looks like us and values us. There's a field in social psychology called field theory, and there's a, a smaller version that we can apply it called sexual field theory. It basically just says, make sure that you're spending time around the communities that think you are sexually attractive. You are not going to have high self-esteem or feel good in the world if you're hanging out in social spaces that like people other than you. And so that's why I talk to clients about where are you spending time socially? What bars are you going to? What social environments? Are they the ones that value the kind of body shape and size and abilities you have? And if not, you need to find that. There's apps that actually offer that, diversified apps based in different needs. There's different bar cultures. There are different social worlds. Um, for instance, if you're goth and punk rock and you're hanging out at sports bars, you're right. Social field theory, sexual field theory would say, understandably, you're not going to feel of high value and worth because no one there values you and they don't look like you. Go find a goth or punk rock bar and all of a sudden your self-esteem is going to increase. That's a powerful example of how our self-esteem is determined by the environments and the people we're around and their thoughts of us. Our self-esteem is an accumulation of the way people treat us. We internalize that. It is not an inside job. 
And in fact, you don't need to wait until you love yourself to love other people, because even while not loving ourselves, we can love other people. And we're not always going to love ourselves continually. It's going to come and go. And in fact, we need people to love us to make us love ourselves. The more love we get, the more we feel good about ourselves. So get rid of that theory. And I know it's really cute and people like to sling it around, but it's, it's coming from someone who doesn't understand psychology. People that understand psychology and mental health and sociology would never say that self-esteem is an inside job. We use the word relational esteem. It's relational. Self-esteem isn't real. We don't have a self. We are all relational social beings. Built-in relationship impacted by it in primary partnerships with primary partners and friends. They impact our blood pressure, our heart rate, the release of hormones. We are open systems separated only by skin. Our nervous systems and our brains are social organs. Their health is determined and built on the relationships we are a part of. We have so many theories that honor this. There's so much robust research that when people say, you know, you have to do it on your own, people can't make you feel a certain way. None of that is true. We are very codependent people. We have borrowed functioning. We are made better by borrowing the functioning of those around us. That's a beautiful part of relationship. Interpersonal neurobiology, limbic resonance, social contagion theory, mirror neurons, two-person neurobiology. These are all robust fields of research, attachment theory, that help us understand that we aren't separate. We don't need more space. We have to learn how to be more relational. We have to learn how to love our neighbor more. We have to learn how to love people in other countries. That's why I hate when people are like, buy American made. No, I don't think America has any more worth or value than someone in another country. I want everyone to get food and housing. Buy everywhere as long as it's fair wages and fair labor laws. I want everyone taken care of. We have these dangerous arbitrary divisions that somehow make us think we're different from other people or someone has less value or their needs don't matter. And we need to get away from that because we see that at a macro level when we don't care about what's happening in other countries, which is so bizarre to me. We worry only about America. That's toxic nationalism. But then the smaller versions are not caring about people that are gay if you're straight, <laughs> right? They're so arbitrary. We have more commonalities and differences, but we honor those differences. Differences exist. We aren't all the same. We're all very different. We're going to come back and talk more about it. So uh, stick around, y'all. You're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be back. All right, y'all, we're back and we're talking about, or actually we're dispelling, I should say, the myth of self-esteem. If you want to go back and check it all out, you can go to wearechannelq.com. Scroll down for love and click on it and uh, you'll understand why self-esteem is a myth. It's relational esteem, social esteem. Um, it's not an inside job. Okay, so this was all born out of an article that I was kind of challenging its core concept. I hear when people say, this is how you work on self-love. That is already wrong, just what it, just that verbiage. Um, it's, it, it's, it, it's, it's really about changing the structures and systems that we're a part of and changing our thinking. Um, anyway, so this is what the article was proposing as a way to begin to like yourself more understanding that liking yourself is but momentary or a phase it's not necessarily this ongoing continual thing it's going to go up and down based on different things that are happening so the first thing that they're recommending is taking care of yourself and i agree with that um one of the bigger things i say and that's not what they were really alluding to and you'll hear what they're alluding to in a minute but what i tell people is if you're living in a world worthy of worth you'll feel a sense of worth so our self-esteem doesn't let us off the hook so if we're moving through the world treating people poorly and not living from our best and from our integrity you shouldn't feel good you need to have your behavior aligned with your value system so that's the first question how are you moving through the world what kind of person are you that's going to be a part of your self-esteem um, how do you treat others? That's really the best way to look at it. What kind of friend am I? What kind of family member am I? What kind of colleague? What kind of neighbor? What kind of primary partner? Because it's all relational. 
And that's what's going to matter, not how you treat your shoe, uh, not not how much money you're making. Those are all false versions of self-worth. What it's really about is what kind of relationships am I part of? How do they make me feel? And how do I feel about myself as a result of being in them and how I treat others? That's the system we're trying to pay attention to. So if you want to increase your self-esteem, be a better human being in the world. So start treating others better and you'll feel better about yourself. And then it becomes reciprocated because people start treating you better and that's what we internalize. This one's like, oh, you should start exercising and eating healthier. Uh, okay, but I wonder if that's because you feel like you're aligning more with this evaluation of needing to have a certain kind of body to feel good. Yes, yes. Uh, exercise and moving your body has an impact positively on your mood. I'm 100% behind that. There is some amazing research on that, that the more you exercise, the better you'll feel. And that's like a, a bio neuro system at play. That's awesome. So absolutely move your body more tied to that is getting out more. So socialization is going to be a big part of that too. So I'm not downplaying that. I'm not negating that, but that's not enough. And I think part of this is, uh, when they focus on movement and exercise, you're going to get the biological responses, which are enhancing, but you're also going to be getting out. And there's something about behavioral activation, participating in the world that also makes us feel good in general. And that's going to impact our self-esteem. Um, but they're just basically saying here, exercise, eat a healthy diet. You'll be good. And it's like, well, it's bigger than that. As we talked about, it depends on the systems you're part of, how much privilege you have, are your basic needs met? Like all that's in there. Um, so you know, I kind of lovingly support that and I challenge that. And it's like, ah, go on walks, practice yoga. I love when they all throw this in there, ride a bike. It's like, uh, okay, that can help with some of this. It's not completely enough. Um, also another one that I thought was really interesting under their rubric of taking care of yourself is working on your appearance. That can go either way. Either again, that's an attempt to look a certain way that you think you need to look to, to also to, to feel good about yourself. And that's not true. Um, I'd rather people back away from trying to look other than they are because they're spending time around people that value something other than they are. And I'd rather say, how about you just stay how you are and dress how you are and instead find people that value that and that also look like you. That's going to be more sustainable and enhancing than trying to fit in because that's what they're saying. Fit in more. That never feels real or honest, especially if fitting in means abandoning who you really are. Let me go back to my punk rock goth example, because that was me in high school. Um, I didn't want to start trying to dress like a jock to fit in. I would have felt like an imposter, and I would have been still around people that aren't like me and don't value me in terms of music and ideals and value systems and, and, and hobbies. So instead, luckily, I found people that did like people like me, and we had a lot of things in common and interest, and that was good for my self-esteem. So no, don't fit in. Find different people. Let me say it again. Don't fit in. Find different people. <laughs> I hate the idea that you should conform to a certain way of being like, lose, just lose weight. And then the world will receive you better. No. How about I find people that are healthier and don't need me to look a certain way or have a certain weight in order to be seen as acceptable because those people have a lot of other issues and that kind of toxic thinking will show up in other ways. That is not the route. So we're not trying to fit in. We're finding where we fit and that's different. That's a huge part of mental health. And a lot of people I work with are constantly trying to fit in. Um, and that's why like parents, if your kid's struggling, that means they're not around the right people, places and things. Instead of saying, forcing them on the soccer team or whatever it is, maybe say to them, what do you enjoy doing? And if they're like, I like art, good, put them in art classes so they can be around other artistic students. If they're like, I like music, put them in music classes. Don't try to make them be what you think they need to be or what you want them to be. Don't try to make them fit in with everyone else. Find where they fit. Um, maybe it's gendered. Maybe your son needs to have female friends. 
That doesn't mean they're gay. That doesn't mean they're trans. It just might mean that male toxic norms, which most kids, male kids are raised with, isn't right for them. So figure out where your, your kid fits in temperament-wise, interest-wise, even visually. If your kid is black in a white school, please get him some friends of color, dear God in heaven. If your kid is disabled, help him find some disabled friends so they can reflect back worth and value and strength and autonomy. We don't want to fit in. We need to find where we fit. We need to not just have people around us that tell us we have worth, but we also need to have people around us that look like us. It's both. We need both. So I hate when I see this, just, you know, work on your appearance. No, <laughs> work on finding other people. Um, I did like the next one, find your strengths. I, maybe we overly focus on, because our brains have a negativity bias, maybe we're overly focusing on what lacks and what's absent. And I do like the idea that you do want to be living in reality. Again, we're not doing positive thinking, which is often a denial of the negative. We're holding both that, yes, you're right. You don't meet the norms of the people you might want to. However, you also do have some assets or some strengths within that. We're going to honor both. It's always about just honoring both. We're always living in reality. We're not trying to put a positive spin on things. We're looking at it realistically. And you might be only focusing on the downsides of something, or you might be focusing exclusively on the negatives. Well, what do you provide then? Or what about you is great? What about you is meaningful? What about you is special? We need to have a relationship with that as well. Um, we've all had to do that work. All right, we're going to come back and talk more about it. And then we're going to be doing some DMs. So drop the DMs on our Loveline IG page. Otherwise, stick around. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris. The Channel Q and Odyssey will be right back. Don't go anywhere. Oh, Rachel, we're just finishing up our discussion on uh, the myth of self-esteem and debunking and challenging. Just looking at some of the articles and the things I recommend, and we're challenging all of them outright. Uh, it's not about taking care of yourself, although it is. A lot of benefit from as much movement and exercise as possible. I'm down with that. We're not going to get into why that helps, but just know that it does profoundly. But we're also trying to neutralize that. Your body is just a vehicle. Your worth doesn't live or die upon it. We're trying to get away from that. Also, this idea that we should fit in. Nope, fine where you fit. But we're not trying to perform uh, acceptability or conformity. We're going to actually go where we belong so we can feel like we have worth and value. And that's a little more sustainable. We're also identifying our strengths. It's really easy to focus on what's lacking or missing or what we don't have. But we want to live in reality, which means, okay, but at the same time, we're not denying that. What do you have that others don't have? What is that? What is it that makes you special? What is it that makes you important, meaningful, different? And finding worth in that. Um, we do need to have that. And that ties back to my earlier point, having people around us that remind us that, that embody that. Then expressing gratitude for who you are, same thing. Um, I don't think there's anything wrong with these gratitude practices, but they're not cure-alls. But I do think it's a good thing, again, to round it out because our brains catastrophize, our brains have a negativity bias, our brains make predictions. It's always in a protective way. So again, it skews a little negative. Um, and we do want to make sure that we are rooting ourselves in, again, what is good about us, but also what's going well. Because I said to people all the time, you can find joy while also grieving the loss of someone. I profoundly did that when I lost a parent. Uh, life got dark. Life was heavy. That was real. I was going to cry when and where I was going to cry. I would be at the gym crying. I didn't care. I was like, yep, there's a man over here crying and it's meaningful. I don't care. Uh, I'm always trying to cry more in public and normalize that. I, I want people to express emotion, but at the same time I had to say, I can still find joy and there are still meaningful, happy things happening in my life. And I need to be able to transition flexibly between both. I need to make room for both. 
Um, that was a really profound reminder that a friend gave me. Like, are you at least allowing and carving out space for joy to be in your life at the same time? And I was like, I need to, because there is, there are some things happening that are worth feeling good about. It's, I can do both. Again, mental health is about flexibility and adaptability. I also like the point that was made about not comparing yourself to others, but that again goes back to, we won't compare ourselves to others if we're actually around others that are like us, look like us, think like us. We just feel part of, and then we stop comparing. Often, if we're comparing ourselves to others, it might mean, it might mean we're in the wrong social group that we just inherently don't feel like we fit into, or we're with a group that really prioritizes things that aren't important or aren't who we are. Because if they were who we are, we'd actually feel okay and good about it. But if your friends are prioritizing skills that we don't have or attributes we don't have, that's always gonna be an ongoing uphill battle. Maybe just pull yourself out of that and find a different group. Because I do agree, if you're always comparing ourselves, also pay attention as always to the impact social media has on you. What are you following and looking at? Um, are you looking at things that reflect back that you have worth and value? Or are you looking at things that tell you you need to be different and look or think or live somehow other than how you already are? So please pay attention to your social media. Please pay attention to the amount of time you're spending with your social media. It is toxic. Its job is to sell us things. Its job is to um, really reinforce norms of the current moment, which ebb and flow. Get off it, take a break from it, unfollow, refollow other things. But I thought what was kind of awesome is this whole idea of really, again, paying attention to how we're moving through the world. And I like that a lot of the research landed on that, that be kinder to others. Um, it improves your self-esteem, but it also circles it back. And it puts you, it has you then living in a kinder, softer, more meaningful world. And I think we all need that. So acts of kindness, which is surprising to people. Go do more for other people. Go spend less time in your head. That's a really good way to build a self-esteem. And then you kind of feel good about what you've done with your time and your energy and your day. That's a huge part of this. Like, what are you doing with your time, energy, and skills? What are you doing with your day? Do you feel good about the life you're leading? What's your mission statement? Like, I think that's an important part of it. If your day is just a job you hate, that you don't feel good about and then you come home and you're just drinking and eating and going to bed and doing it again, of course you're not gonna have a lot of self-worth or self-esteem. You're not building a kind of life that's meaningful to you. So how do you feel about the life you're living? Do you feel good about your job? Do you feel good about your friends? Do you feel good about the relationships you're in? We can't feel good about ourselves if we're within those and that's not what we want or that's not who we are. So you do maybe have to take stock of the entirety of your life. And self-esteem is sometimes improved when we change careers, when we go back to school, when we change our major, when we move to a different city, when we change our friends, when we get out of that toxic marriage. Yeah, it's a huge part of it. But some people aren't willing to make those big structural shifts. And sometimes that's absolutely what's necessary, or even mandatory. You can't always expect to feel okay while part of systems that aren't good for you or aren't right for you. So that's that heavy existential question. Is the life I'm leading worthy of feeling good about? And is the person I am worth feeling good about? Because if not, that's where the work has to begin. It's big stuff. Um, all right, coming up next, we're gonna do some DMs. So if you got a question for us, put it in the DMs on our love line, on page, questions, topics, things you want to hit, circle back, drop deeper into, and then past episodes of the show because we need that repetition and we also need the unlearning and relearning of some of these important concepts. Go over to wearechannelq.com, scroll down, look for love line, and click on it. You can binge, post, re-listen, and share. 
again, the quality of the practice of all this is what determines the uh, quality of our lives, our mental health, and our relationships. So we got to apply it. Otherwise, stick around. We'll be back. You're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. And Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Oh, Rachel, we are back. Now it's time to slide into those DMs. Sliding into the DMs. DMs come from our Loveline IG page. This one says, hey, Dr. Chris, I'm having trouble when it comes to dating men and talking about sex. A lot of people do. We live in a very erotophobic culture. Uh, intimacy is about discussing our sexuality, especially with people we're having sex with and dating, married to, even our friends. Over the last year, you said, I've been trying to date and meet, but when it comes to sex, I'm finding everyone I meet wants to have unprotected sex. They say they're on prep, but that doesn't protect from other STIs. Uh, so for those that are, you know, late to the party, PrEP is a pill that can be taken daily that prevents the transmission of HIV. If you're taking PrEP as prescribed, it has a higher efficacy rate than condoms. And we don't really have any true cases where someone has been taking PrEP and contracted HIV. But as this, you know, writer has said, and they're correct, that doesn't protect you from any other STDs or STIs. Uh, it merely is about the transmission of HIV. Um, there's also prep on demand for those that don't want to take it every day. It might not be hypersexual and you can then take it before the day of and the day after. And there's a whole protocol. Um, but back to your question, you said, uh, I'm precautious and I want to use a condom. They say, I don't trust them. And the truth is I don't because I've only known them a short time and I don't know whether they're being truthful about their sexual health. And I made that mistake a few years back and got an STI that thankfully was treatable. Remember, no sex is safe. No human contact is safe. And that's why I hate when we say things like, it's all—it's just about safer sex, sex isn't safe. No, it's actually bigger than that. No human contact is safe. Anytime you come in contact with another human being, you might get a virus or a flu. By sharing a straw, kissing, sharing each other's air, COVID, other things. So remember that, you can get it from a sick baby, you can get it from touching a doorknob. Um, we don't wanna make sexually transmitted viruses and bacteria, especially heinous. 
because it is no different than getting the cold or the flu in a non-sexual way. In fact, when you get the cold or the flu in a non-sexual way, you usually have snot coming out of your nose, you're pooping your pants, and you're on the couch blowing your nose and being all gross for a week. Most STDs and STIs you get treated have no visible symptoms, and you are still fully functional in your life. So no human contact is safe, let me say that. Anytime you leave the house, you're coming in contact with something. It's not worse if it's sexual. In fact, it's usually more treatable and dealable except for a few cases. And even things like herpes are treated more as skin conditions. They are just skin conditions that are highly stigmatized. So yes, most people have realized that the world isn't that safe and they're taking PrEP and if they get an STD or STI, they're gonna go get tested and treated. But I appreciate what you're saying. No one necessarily wants to come in contact with that. That's why I yell at people when they don't cover their mouth when they cough. I don't want whatever they have because again, no human contact is safe. Every time I go to the gym, I'm coming in contact with a lot of disgusting things. Athlete's foot, <laughs> fungal infections, people coughing, coughing and then touching something. So yes, that's the world we live in. So if you want to not come in contact with any STDs or STIs or any viruses or bacteria, leave the house with a mask on, wear gloves, and use dental dams um, and condoms. Because remember, if you're only using condoms for penetration, you are setting yourself up for an STD or STI from oral sex, from penis or vagina to mouth and throat or from mouth and throat to penis and vagina. It isn't, you know, one simplex is up top, one simplex is down. No, you can get herpes one or two up on your mouth or down. It doesn't work like that. So is, this is just a generalized thing. Everyone has to take the precautions that they feel most comfortable with. I don't wear a mask or gloves out in the world because I'm willing to come in contact with what I do. And so I applaud you for taking all the precautions that are necessary and important to you, continue to do that. Everyone has to decide what level of risk as an adult they're comfortable taking. And some people don't wanna take any and they'll do with the outcome afterwards by getting tested and treated, that's up to them. So you said I'm more precautious now Great. It's made dating more frustrating. Why are so many people playing games with their sexual health? Again, it's not about sexual health. It's just about health in general. And I don't know why a lot of people aren't, weren't wearing masks during COVID. You know, everyone has to take the risks that they're willing to take and everyone takes the precautions that are most meaningful for them. And I think we are overly anxious about STDs, STIs. I'm not saying don't wear condoms. I'm not saying don't get tested. I'm not saying don't ask people if they are positive for something, continue to do that. But what we're not gonna do is shame other people for their adult decisions. And I'm not saying you're doing that, but I understand your frustration. Continue to ask to use condoms and they will continue to use them if they're comfortable. And for those that don't, won't. You know, Everyone has to make those decisions for themselves. We're gonna talk more about this because I think I, I'm gonna have to clean up a lot of what I said. I think a lot of people are gonna misunderstand my point. But anyway, y'all, that's our show. We'll be back. Thanks for hanging out with me, y'all. And you enjoy the rest of your night. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Hey.